Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. This morning we're briefly going to try to maybe just get after that question just for a moment. Why would Christ trade his heavenly throne to come here and to be with us? And if you've been with us uh, the last few weeks, um, we dealt last week specifically with uh, pressure, pressure specifically to be great. And we, we saw how his greatness helps us define what greatness truly is. If the Lord wills and we return next week, uh, we hope to look at another issue that we face, worry, anxiety, and how the coming of Christ changes that for us. But this morning, I want us to deal with another thing that the coming of Christ transforms for us, and that is fear. I don't know what your fears are, but specifically this morning, we're going to see briefly how the coming of Christ transforms for us the fear, probably your greatest fear, the fear of death. If you would, look with me this morning in Hebrews chapter 2. As the writer says to us, beginning in verse 14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through, listen to this, fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. The reality is everyone here, most likely within a hundred years, unless Christ returns, you will face death. Some of you think it's a long way away, and we were reminded of that this past week as Em and I sit in there for the funeral for a little hunter who was three. Others of us are reminded of the realness and the freshness of death, as our brother C.W. is not with us this morning. So the reality is, for all of us, you're going to face death. And that reality, that brings us to this place of asking, why did this king come? Why would he have come for this? Why? What brought him from heaven's throne to this manger to come and live among us? In fact, the greatest scripture probably in all the Bible, or at least the most well-known, John 3.16 helps us uncover a little further of what about death. It's so terrifying. Listen to what it says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not what? Should not perish. If you've seen it much, you realize the perishing is set against His final statement here in verse 16, but have eternal life. So this perishing has a connection to eternal life and this perishing must indicate something more Something at work here, right? That there's something in our death that's coming to us that's drastic beyond anything we can imagine, right? I mean, let's be honest. If this life was all there is, and you and I took our last breath, and they place our bodies in the grave, and we just decompose, decompose and, and you just cease to exist, and let's be honest, we're making a big deal out of nothing. I mean, let's be honest even further. Let's push that to an even further place. If this life is all there is, then why did Jesus even come? 
Like, what's he even rescuing us from? Like, what's the purpose of his coming, his living, his dying? I mean, this text tells us, John 3, 16, God loves you so much and your perishing must be epic for him to send his own son. Your perishing must be, as the text tells us, that it's a place of eternal torment. Where there is, the revelation tells us, there is no rest day or night it is a place of eternal weeping and gnashing or the grinding of teeth this perishing is forever and so the text begins to help us unfurther help us understand further what's happening here with this look at it says back in verse 15 and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject look at he says here to lifelong slavery My assumption is that some of you, because of death and your fear of it, it is like it's paralyzed you. You've come to the place that maybe like you're afraid to get in the car and go places or you can't travel by plane or you can't go there anymore. You can't go out into public or you can't go and do this or that. I mean, like it's just like come to a place like it's starting to become crippling on you. For others of you. The slavery, again, look what he says, fear of death, we're subject to lifelong slavery. Your slavery may be just simply, it's a denial. Like you encounter death, like maybe as a young person and that of a grandparent or someone else that you know and care about, and you promise that for the rest of your life, you know what, you were going to push death as far away as you could. So you've like made it like your mission that you don't enter into like um, funeral homes unless you have to. You don't talk about death. You pretend it's not real. I mean, if things happen, you kind of try to dismiss it. Whatever you can do. I mean, there's some type, again, no matter what position you are in, we, the text says, are all, look at that, all of us are in the fear of death and it is subject to lifelong slavery. But here's the good news. The good news that in the midst of our fear, specifically the greatest fear, the fear of death and what's coming, Jesus came into that. Listen to the writer of Hebrews says about his coming into the midst of our place of fear. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood. So this flesh and blood, look what it says here. He himself likewise partook of the same things. Look at me, verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made. We don't have time to go into that, but notice he's not created. He's made. Why? Because he has always existed. He is the self-existing one. He is eternally God, right? He is born right there in a manger or from the virgin's womb. But he is indeed not created like us. He has forever been God. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. And then the text begins to help us understand why did this king come? Look at your first clue. So that. This king came. He was made like us. He had to become flesh. Why? So that he might become a merciful and faithful what? High priest. The high priest would go into the temple of God and they would offer a sacrifice typically, right? On the day of Yom Kippur, this day of atonement, they would offer this unblemished lamb. But guess what? This king comes, this high priest comes into God's presence and he is the lamb. The writer of Hebrews wants us to know that he came to give his life. Look further, watch the text is not finished. 
Not only did he come, right, to be this merciful and faithful high priest. Look what it says here. Two. What's this faithful high priest doing? He is making propitiation. That word means that he is satisfying God's wrath or anger or judgment of sin. He had to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Right? He came. He became flesh. He became your sin bearer. He would come into God's presence as if he lived your life. That's why he had to become human so that he could stand in your place before God as if he lived your life. And now as a human, you could stand in the presence of God as if you lived his life. This great act of faithfulness, this great act of grace reminds us in this glimpse here of Hebrews 2, 14 to 17 to say, listen, I know we love and get excited about Christ coming, but the writer of Hebrews says, listen, beloved, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Look not only to the crib, but look further to the cross. Why? Because Jesus to Calvary did go. His love for sinners to show what He did there brought hope from despair of the lifelong slavery of death. Watch what the transformation brings. Back in verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise partook of the same things. Why? The writer of Hebrews is telling you further. Why did Jesus come Right, you, you heard it sound just a few moments ago. Why did he come from heaven to earth? The writer of Hebrews is helping us explain why Jesus had to come. Look what he says. That. Look what he says here. That through death. He might specifically two things. He might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. And secondly, look what else he does. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So two specific reasons he says here. One is that he comes and in his death, he now destroys the one, right? And so you're asking the question, well, who is the one? Who is the one? It's the devil, right? He's come to destroy the, the, the King James ESV. They use the word destroy. Uh, the New American Standard says it came to render him powerless, this doesn't mean that Satan's been annihilated, right? He still roams around like a roaring lion. But look what it says he does. That through death he might destroy the one who has... Look what it says here about it. This is an interesting statement we're not exactly sure about. The power of death. Now Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is what? Death. Satan knows that you and I, because of our sin, will be rightly judged before God. We are rightly condemned before God. We are all here guilty. All of us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 23. You with me? Satan knows that. Therefore, he is striving continually and persistently to keep you blinded from the message of the cross. He is luring you away, maybe even this moment, from listening or hearing with some type of temptation or some type of thought about what's coming or what's going on in your life or what's coming next. 
He's trying to constantly keep us from hearing the good news, the gospel. He's constantly trying to resist you or to keep you from submitting yourself to Christ. He says, listen, Jesus' death was so great. His power is so great that he's finally the one who could destroy our enemy. The one who has power of death. And not only that, look what it says secondly. Not only would he come, his coming would destroy our enemy who no longer can accuse us before God. Why? Because we've been declared innocent in his presence. And so it says now because of this, verse 15, listen, because Christ came, you now can be delivered from the fear of death that has enslaved you all your days. And if he can deliver you from that fear, beloved, listen, let's just press it just for a moment of application. If he can deliver you from your greatest fear that paralyzes you, that maybe some of you this morning, even in the mirror, you try to conceal death's work on your body. If he can deliver you from that fear, what other fears can he not deliver you from? If he can overcome your greatest fear, your fear of death, and he can give you peace with God the Father, this is all in his coming. Can he not overcome your greatest fear or the fears also that you hold now for your family? The fears that paralyze you, that keep you from witnessing? The fears that keep you from going on missions or the fears that keep you from even some of you just stepping outside of your door on certain days. Fears that keep you like from these things. These Listen, the, the word, if you looked in the Greek, the word for fear is phobia. Some of you have got crazy phobias. They are ruling your life. This king came to set you free. That's why they're singing. Because they know that there's one who can actually set them and you free. And his name is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for Christ and his coming. We thank you that he ultimately can deliver us from the fear of death. Father, thank you that we no longer have to be afraid that when we close our eyes here, as our brother C.W. often told us, it is just a step. Thank you for Christ who took that step on our behalf so that we do not step into the darkness alone, but instead our step into death is a step on Christ, the solid rock, the eternal rock. Our hope is only in Him. Father, today, for all the fears and phobias that are in this room, and I am sure they are multiplied and many Father, they have ruled over your people for far too long. Father, today I pray for people to come and bow before your great kingship and allow your rule and your reign to be present in their life today. I pray it for the glory of Jesus Christ and his birth, death, resurrection, and soon coming kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, 
Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.